What's going on, everybody? This is Ben from Retro Ben Gaming. With all the craziness happening in the world today, I decided to add a little positivity to it with this podcast. This podcast is going to focus on all things video games, whether it's discussing them, playing them, or just getting them on the cheap. Now, whether you're a PC player or a console player, I believe we all have something to add to this conversation. So I hope you enjoy the podcast, and as always, keep gaming. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. It's been a while since I did one of these things. Uh, My work has picked up, and I've been pretty dang busy trying to find the time in between shifts to record, which is a good problem. I'd rather have that than too much time because I don't work. So hope you guys stick with me, and some of you probably understand what I'm going through. But today, we are going to talk about Splatterhouse. Now, I played this game as a child, I think on two different consoles. Uh, definitely the TurboGrafx-16 and maybe the PC. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I don't remember, but I knew it was two different consoles. The fun thing about this game for me, the one that, that actually drew me to this game was just kind of how, like, um, well, for a young kid, how horrific and scary everything was. You had, you know, Mario and Sonic and all these... Uh, little playful, happy-go-lucky things. And then you get this video game where I'm playing it, and I'm like, that's like a little baby fetus that I'm beating up with a a 2x4. Like, this is creepy. I was like, I love it. So I I played the heck out of this game. Uh, I don't know if I played any of the sequels in all reality, but I sure played the very first Splatterhouse. And hopefully many of you did too. But without further ado, here is the breakdown. Splatterhouse is a beat-em-up arcade game developed and published by Namco. It was the first in a series of games released in home console and personal computer formats. The cult classic would later spawn the parody Splatterhouse Wanpaku Graffiti and the sequels Splatterhouse 2 and Splatterhouse 3, also the remake of Splatterhouse, with the classic games being added to Namco Museum in 2017. Marketing for the game heavily emphasized its violent nature. For example, the TurboGrafx-16 port of Splatterhouse had a faux parental advisory warning printed on the front of the box that read, The horrifying theme of this game may be inappropriate for young children and cowards. Man, that's, that's throwing it down. Luckily for them, I was both a young child and a coward. So the gameplay of Splatterhouse is an arcade-style, side-scrolling beat-em-up, with platform elements, in which the player controls Rick, a parapsychology college major who is trapped inside West Mansion. After his resurrection by the Terror Mask, Rick makes his way through the mansion, fighting off hordes of creatures in a vain attempt to save his girlfriend Jennifer from a grisly fate. Players of the game will also recognize a number of Western horror film influences, such as Friday the 13th, Evil Dead 2, Poltergeist, Rejuvenatrix, and Parasite, with heavily influenced imagery similar to the works of horror writer H.P. Lovecraft, such as Herbert West Reanimator. Similar to many side-scrolling beat-em-up games, Rick can only move in a two-dimensional environment. He can jump and can punch and kick. Rick also has a special attack where he can perform a drop kick that sends him skidding along the ground, damaging any enemies he hits. Rick can also perform a low kick, 
low punch, and jumping attacks, as well as pick up and use various weapons placed in the levels. All the levels consisted of walking left to right with occasional auto-scrolling segments. However, alternative pathways through sections of the house are possible by falling through holes or jumping up into ladders. In this way, branching gameplay is possible, if only prevalent in the middle levels. Levels culminate in boss fights that take place in a single room. Unlike traditional side-scrolling fighters, boss fights have varying objectives and styles. Unlike most arcade games in the genre, Splatterhouse sends players back to checkpoints after losing lives or receiving a game over, discouraging credit feeding as a method of overcoming various challenges. The plot of Splatterhouse is two students at the local university, Rick Taylor and Jennifer Willis, take refuge from a storm in West Mansion, a local landmark known as Splatterhouse, for the rumors of hideous experiments purportedly conducted there by Dr. West, a renowned and missing parapsychologist. As they enter the mansion and the door shuts behind them, Jennifer screams. Shocked, right? Rick awakens in a dungeon under the mansion, having been resurrected thanks to the influence of the Terror Mask, or in some versions, the Hell Mask, a Mayan sacrificial artifact from West House, which is capable of sentient thought. The mask attaches itself to Rick, fusing with his body and transforming him into a monster with superhuman strength. With the mask encouragement, Rick goes on a rampage through the dungeon and the mansion grounds, killing hordes of monsters. Inside the mansion, Rick finds Jennifer prone on a couch and surrounded by a throng of creatures that retreat upon his arrival. After their departure, Jennifer transforms into a slightly taller, fanged monster, yeah, we've all dated girls like that, that attempts to kill Rick while begging him for help. Yeah, definitely dated them. Rick is forced to kill Jennifer, who transforms back to normal and thanks him before she dies. Infuriated, Rick tracks the remaining monsters to a giant, bloody hole in the mansion's floor. Upon entering it, Rick discovers that the mansion itself is alive. He follows a bloody hallway to the house's womb, which produces fetus-like monsters that attack him. Rick destroys the womb, which causes the house to burst into flames as it quote-unquote dies. Escaping the burning mansion, Rick comes across a grave marker. The terror mask releases energy into the grave, reviving a giant monster named Hell Chaos, that claws its way up from the earth and attempts to kill Rick. Rick destroys the creature, which unleashes a tormented ghost that dissipates into a series of bright lights. As the lights vanish, the mask shatters, turning Rick back to normal, and he flees as the house burns to the ground and the credits roll. However, after he leaves and the credits end, the terror mask assembles itself and lasts evilly for several seconds as the word end appears in the bottom right corner of the screen. Home versions of Splatterhouse were released on the TurboGrafx-16, FM Towns, and the PC. In addition to loss of graphical detail and removal of some sounds, the following edits were made to both the Japanese PC Engine and North American TurboGrafx-16 versions of the game. The arcade version opens with the animation of Rick and Jennifer running through the storm and into the mansion, followed by an exterior shot of the mansion and sound of Jennifer screaming. The console version opens simply with the exterior of the mansion and no sound effect. The weapon in Stage 1 and 2 is changed from a meat cleaver to a wooden stick. The overall violence and gore are toned down, enemies bleed less, and the sound effects are less gruesome. The weapon for the Stage 4 boss is changed from an axe to a golden meat cleaver, 
the only cleaver in the game, the golden meat cleaver. That's uh, only chefs can attain that. The crawling hand in stage five no longer flashes the middle finger. That's a shame. The death of the womb boss of stage six is changed from a graphic spilling of embryonic fluids to a generic fiery explosion. The final boss uses different attacks. The end cutscene is changed from the original arcade ending in which the mask breaks from Rick's face, followed by a shot of him walking away from the burning mansion and an additional cutscene showing the mask reform and laugh. The ending of the TurboGrafx-16 version only shows the mask explode, followed by a picture of West Mansion burning while the credits roll. And finally, a large red and orange end is displayed. The following edits were exclusive to the North American TurboGrafx-16 version. The Terror Mask is changed from a white hockey mask to a red mask with black accents. This is to keep Rick from looking too much like Jason Voorhees. The mask became more skull-like in later games. The cathedral arches are removed from the stage 4 boss chamber background, and the altar is removed from the following cutscene. The inverted cross boss of stage 4 is replaced with a severed head. The final boss grave is changed from a wooden cross to a tombstone. The TurboGrafx-16 version was released on the Wii's Virtual Console in Europe on March 16, 2007, in North America on March 19, 2007, and Japan on July 3, 2007, and in Australia on July 20, 2007. The arcade version was released on May 26, 2009 in the Japanese Virtual Console. The FM Towns version, ported by Ving Co., and released only in Japan in 1992 is a pixel-perfect rendition of the original arcade, with no substantial changes apart from a new menu interface in the title screen. A few sound effects were changed or even removed, such as the intro theme to Stage 4 being cut and the thunder in Stage 3 sounding heavier compared to the original. There was also an LCD handheld version released titled Splatterhouse. Go figure. But it's not a port of either game. It's an original Splatterhouse game in and of itself, though many elements in it are similar to the original game. In 2010, the game was ported to the J2Me Brew mobile phones. Windows Mobile and iOS platforms to coincide with the release of the remake. The only change was in the Java-based mobile phone version, where Rick's mask is modeled as the skull-like one present in the remake. The change is not present in iOS versions of the game, but it includes a splatter rush mode instead, where enemies continuously spawn from both ends of a wide screen. The remake also included the uncensored Japanese arcade version as an unlockable extra. It was also included as a part of the Namco Museum compilation for the Nintendo Switch through the Nintendo eShop. The title is also playable on the TurboGrafx-16 PC Engine mini console. In Japan, Game Machine listed Splatterhouse on the December 15, 1988 issue as being the sixth most popular arcade game at the time. Following its European release at the ATEI show in January 1989, Computer and Video Games gave the arcade version a positive review. Splatterhouse received positive reviews upon release, with praise for its graphics, music, and general gameplay. It is also known for its graphic violence, which was inspired by classic 80s horror movies. The game did receive some criticism for its lack of variety and simplistic nature, but it was otherwise praised for being challenging.
The PC Engine TurboGrafx-16 versions also received praise for their faithful recreations of the arcade game, but the North American console version was criticized for its toned-down gore due to controversy while the Japanese PC Engine version saw less changes. The most notable being Rick's mask being nearly identical to the arcade version, but still sharing the occasional censorship of the American version. IGN's Lucas M. Thomas gave a mixed review of Splatterhouse. He stated that putting aside the aesthetic design and just looking at the game on its merits of its mechanics, Splatterhouse is lacking. He complained about the limited variety of attacks, one-way scrolling, and censorship present in the North American console version. Thomas did, however, complement the game's horror themes and music, noting that the console graphics, despite being toned down, are a good representation of the arcade original. Well, let me tell you, my philosophy on people that use their middle initial in their names, like Lucas M. Thomas, they aren't to be trusted, and you shouldn't listen to them. Just, just remember that. Frank Provo of GameSpot had similar complaints. Ultimately, the problem with Splatterhouse is that there's not much to do, you know, aside from just beating it. There are only seven levels, and you'll finish each one in just a few minutes, he wrote. Going on to explain that the enemies all follow easily memorized patterns, making the game very simple to play. Provo criticized the fact that the Virtual Console version was the censored console version, noting how he missed the meat cleavers and extra violence of the arcade game. Boy, this guy's complaining about repetitiveness in a video game. I don't know what to tell him, man. He's never played an RPG, apparently. That's the breakdown for Splatterhouse. I plan to play this game and hopefully beat it on my YouTube channel. When it comes out, please check it out at Retroband Gaming. If you have anything to add to my breakdown, or if you'd just like to tell me about your experience playing Splatterhouse as a child, I would love to hear it. Email me at retrobandgaming at gmail.com. If you get a chance, find this game, emulation, however you can, and play it. See what you do. See how far you go. See if it's still uh, a bit uh, shocking these days or if we're all just too desensitized to it. You guys all be safe, and as always, keep on gaming. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please take a second to subscribe. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can at retrobendgaming at gmail.com. Thanks again, and as always, keep gaming.